coming up this hour. Would you go see a movie at a highly discounted rate? And then we're joined by Simon Wills, executive director of Christians Against Poverty. You're listening to The Common News. Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside Ian Simpkins. My name is Brian Fromm. Really glad to have you joining us on yet another beautiful day outside today. Ian, I I actually had this thought today. I was uh, coming inside and I thought this is perfect weather for Ian to do the show uh, from his treehouse. Are we in the treehouse today? Well, we are not in the treehouse. Also, I am not in the treehouse. No, no. There's there's a lot of activity outside today. It feels like Every single one of my neighbors is chopping down a forest with their chainsaws <laughs> at the same time. And I thought, I don't think that's going to translate great to radio. So uh, I'm in the dungeon. I'm in the windowless basement right now. Well, it just started snowing, so you'll feel better. Anyway, uh, I told my kids one day that you uh, will occasionally on nice days do the show from the uh, treehouse. So every day, almost every day that it's nice out, my youngest daughter's like, was he in the treehouse today? <laughs> I did, I did do a, a big staff meeting, a big Zoom meeting from the treehouse, but it was really hot. And so I was oh. wearing a, a tank top, a sleeveless shirt. That was three months ago, and they haven't stopped heckled me for it since. So <laughs> I got to be careful with the Zoom, the Zoom uh, persuasion there is maybe not the smartest move. Absolutely. Well, as a reminder, you can find everything uh, from the show on Facebook at the Common Good Radio Show. You can find us online at 1160hope.com. And you can also get our podcast wherever it is you get your podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. We're grateful for those of you who do that. We're uh, excited to, again today, like yesterday, be joined by uh, Simon Wills. He is the Executive Director of Christians Against Poverty of CAP, an organization that we believe very much in. And uh, so he's going to join us in both hours. But before we do that, we wanted to... Uh, kind of jump into the show with some stories that are making news. First one, Ian, is uh, is a pretty light one, and uh, it's this. AMC Theaters, which is the nation's largest movie theater chain, are going to reopen in the U.S. on August 20th with retro ticket prices of 15 cents per movie. So they're opening about a sixth of their locations. That's 100 cinemas nationwide on August 20th. And they're going to start showing old movies for $5, new movies, uh, socially distant, less capacity, wearing a mask, uh, increased cleaning. Here is my question for you, Ian Simpkins. Uh, Would you go because it's so cheap or do you think you'd still feel uncomfortable, especially on the first day that they're open, despite all these measures to go see a movie? Which one of those would win out for you? Well, theologically speaking, Brian... uh... (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready to see where this goes. I didn't think through the rest of my response. What does what does Paul say? Everything might be permissible but not beneficial. That might yes. be that might be the verse that I reference. I don't. I don't know that I'm. Although you are right, I am a bit of a miser for sure. But a miser isn't necessarily obsessed with good deals. He's just obsessed with not spending money in general. True. Uh, so that might. I don't know that that early I'd be I'd be comfortable with it I'm much more interested in like some of the drive-in stuff the open air outdoor stuff I do think uh so Justin Gill friend of the show probably one of the most diligent listeners if I'm uh if I'm totally honest his comment when we posted this article he said like drug dealers trying to gin up business those sneaky devils and then he goes (laughs) and then he says I mean yeah I'd probably go (laughs) (laughs) 
that's really funny. I don't think I do like you love a good deal, but I don't think I would go. I would just be watching to see who's coughing and who's doing what. Yeah, right, right. Okay. Also at our Facebook page, we're trying to push people there. You posted a picture. Where was it from of an outdoor concert where basically everybody had their own little box? That was the most fascinating picture I've seen in a while. I would totally go to that concert, whatever, whoever that was, wherever that was. Yeah, that was that was in Newcastle. And there are these like small raised like mini stage platform private yeah. boxes that you can fit like four or five folding chairs and then everyone's just sort of assigned a box the internet's actually really divided on that i saw that and thought this is how i know i'm getting older because i was like a chair and i get to sit down and a probably yes <laughs> yes please it's Ravinia. <laughs> but that right but then a lot of like my my friends from the punk rock days they're posting and saying this is not what i'm fighting for this is like a temporary solution this is not how I want to go to concerts. And I thought, oh, interesting. So people people are pretty divided on that, too. I'd go to every concert that way. Well, speaking of divided, one of the biggest dividing topics around the COVID-19 pandemic right now is masks. And we've done this on almost a daily basis. I, I continue to be both surprised and not surprised at the same time by all of the discussion about masks. Wanted to highlight a story out of Ocala, Florida, this was in the USA Today, but you've probably seen this everywhere. It says, as the city of Ocala wrestles with an ordinance requiring face coverings for people inside businesses, uh, County Sheriff Billy Woods told his employees that they will not wear masks at work and visitors to his office can't wear masks either. In an email dated August 11th, Woods said, quote, my order will stand as is when you are on duty and working as my employee and representing my office, masks will not be worn. Now, uh, this area of Florida, kind of Fort, Fort Lauderdale, that kind of area is really being hard hit, right? Southern uh, Southern Florida. Uh, this is a whole new level to me, man. It's the, I, I don't want to wear a mask to, I am not permitting masks in my establishment, which is a police station. We're not talking a restaurant or something. Right, right. I read this and this was like infuriating to me, but also like kind of scary. Like, wow, this step that this guy's taking uh, is is dangerous. And and I don't know, I, I read it and got physically just, just upset about this, wondering, I'm guessing knowing you enough, knowing that this upset you too, but what were your thoughts as you read this? Yeah, I mean, it kind of shows what we've been saying for a while, how highly politicized things like mask wearing have become, which is not all that surprising, although it is still discouraging to a degree. We mentioned earlier, we posted these on the Facebook page. I want to read some of the responses. So Thelma said it's beyond insanity. Vicky said something interesting. She said, uh, people need to stop caring about themselves and start caring about others. That's sort of a, uh, a reversal of the common nomenclature. Arlene said it's insanity. Stan said it's one extreme to the next. Uh, Steven said, where's my freedom to wear a mask? I thought that was interesting. And mm. then uh, Michael just simply said that it was sad. So it was interesting even with the post like that, you know, it's one of the things I really appreciate about our audience is that we have people both right and left in the middle, uh, fundamental, traditional, all the way to progressive and everything in the middle. So when we post articles like this, often we'll see like a myriad of responses and it's usually like really respectful, even though there's, you know, there's been some pretty heated discussions and disagreements this is one that like it feels like almost universally, at least in our little corner of the Internet, like everybody was saying, yeah, that's that's not a great idea. That doesn't seem smart. So that that was that was interesting to see people, you know, and even if you know some of them uh, kind of come together on this one and say, yeah, that that might be overreaching. 
Yeah, and there's two interesting points to this story. One, I, I read, what happens if uh, they pull somebody over and the person doesn't feel comfortable rolling their window down when the officer yeah, right. doesn't have a mask on? Right. How is that going to go? Uh, and two, Woods has made some exceptions, it says here, for officers to wear masks while working at the courthouse, the jail, and public schools and hospitals, and in dealing with people suspected of being infected with COVID-19 or at high risk of complications from the disease. So he clearly thinks that masks make a difference or... Yeah. Uh, that they could. And so, like you said, the politicalization of this is really disturbing. And and I fear that this is the way that some of this debate is going from I don't, uh, you, uh, you know, kind of resistance. I'm not going to wear it to uh, kind of nope, I'm not going to let people wear it around me. I think this is a scary move forward. You can find both these articles. Ian actually already posted both of these at our Facebook page. Uh, we'd love to get some feedback here from you. Maybe you disagree. Maybe you think this guy's making the right stance. Uh, we would love to hear that opinion from you. Well, coming up next, Simon Wills, uh, Executive Director of Christians Against Poverty. We're going to talk to Simon uh, for the next couple segments here on The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Welcome back to The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Ian Simpkins, my name is Brian Fromm. Glad to have you joining us today. And we are really glad to be joined again, as we were yesterday, by Simon Wills. Simon is the uh, executive director of Christians Against Poverty. That's uh, better known as CAP. And uh, Simon is here to talk about a campaign uh, that is going on at Christians Against Poverty. And so, Simon, uh, welcome back. Uh, could you remind our listeners, maybe those who weren't listening yesterday, uh, what Christians Against Poverty does and what is the campaign that we are talking about today? Absolutely. Great to be back with uh, both of you, Ian, Brian. By the way, before we start, I kind of I do want to know a little bit more about this treehouse, Ian. So maybe after we <laughs> invite me round, you know, I'm new to the Chicagoland area. I'd love to hang out in someone's treehouse. If that you ever need a place to stay, Simon, come on over. I'm now uh, opening it for rent. Hey, I'm not paying rent, dude. This should be uh, a blessing. Anyway, so fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. I feel like it, it's uh, with your audience and AM 1160 and you guys, it's good to be with friends and Hey, we've got some serious things to talk about today that are going on in people's lives. But what I've, I feel is really exciting is the impact that we can make uh, together as your audience and uh, yeah, in relieving poverty. So Christians Against Poverty, that's who we are. Uh, been around for many years now, and uh, we are based here in the Chicagoland uh, area. And what we do is we work through local churches, which is the real power of Christians Against Poverty, uh, and to uh, deliver effective poverty relief combined with evangelism. We love to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we're relieving poverty, if we can see someone uh, with their life truly transformed by Jesus and in church, that is really uh, everything that we're all about. But as you can imagine, uh, we're living in this very strange time where COVID has really, really impacted families very hard. So a long time, alongside our normal poverty relief, which is amazing, all the things we do, uh, we always look at a family's needs and say, what are your immediate needs? What are the emergency things going on in your family or that individual's life? What do you need? Uh, and we're raising money to be able to provide that emergency relief and ongoing support. So it could be, uh, we talk a lot about food shops, it could be food for someone. Um, I was aware of one story um, that we, we found recently where uh, we took one guy, uh, we went into their house and we said, what What have you got left to eat? Um, because of the pressure of finances and debt and all the stuff going on, they had just 10 tins of fruit left wow. in fruit. And they, so basically every day they would just eat another 
tin of um, fruit. So that's the kind of situation that people are going in. So again, emergency aid is this, Christians Against Poverty will do a massive food shop for someone, maybe we'll top the power up, get uh, gas or electric back on, and then we deliver our mm. long-term poverty relief. So that's the campaign. We want to pile up as many gifts as we can do today uh, with your audience. Yeah. And really quickly, just as a reminder, if you weren't joining us yesterday, you can do that a couple of different ways. You can call 888-444-9185. That's 888-444-9185. Or maybe even easier, you can go to cap1160.com. That's C-A-P for Christians Against Poverty, C-A-P1160.com. $40 helps one person. 80 obviously helps too. 120 helps a whole family for emergency aid and long-term help. And before my next question, Simon, um, just to say it out loud, our church has actually partnered with CAP for the last couple of months as a part of our community cares efforts. And it's been remarkable just to see people in our own church be introduced to CAP for the first time and the work that you're doing. So I feel grateful, to be honest, to partner with you in this way, because I just we just so believe in your mission and your vision and the way that you're caring for people like right here in our neighborhood. I'm wondering, do you have any updates on the campaign since yesterday? Absolutely, yes. And um, yeah, great to be working with local churches. So lots of churches again um, across the Chicagoland region. And we'll talk a little bit later as well, how we're expanding across the nation already. Uh, but yeah, the campaign yesterday, it was good to spend time with you. And I shared the verse yesterday, which is Proverbs 21, 13, where it says, whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. So a pretty deep verse. But let me tell you yesterday, your listeners did not shut their ears to the cry that went out across the airwaves saying, we need your support to reach these desperate families. And yesterday together, we did the equivalent of 14 families emergency wow. aid and that long-term support. So that really piled up. And today we can make a huge difference. So yesterday we had for example, Alfred from Downers Grove, thank you so much. We had Fernando in Chicago, amongst many, many other people. And I really want to say this. I don't believe those guys and all the other donors from your audience are really listening to me. I think they're doing what that Proverbs verse says. I think they're listening to the poor. I think they're listening to God. I think they're hearing that cry and saying, we want to do something about it. Uh, and that's the cry that's going out again today. So, yeah, we want to finish strong. We've only got a few moments really together to make this impact. We can't keep doing this forever. And yet we are out there long term supporting these people. So we're finding a lot of your audience really love the website. And uh, we made it really simple. So it's cap1160.com, uh, cap1160.com. And again, just as you guys said, it is $40. Uh, for a single person, we'll give some emergency aid and, and then allow us doing what we do, uh, or $80 for a, a couple or $120 for a family. And that can be something that can be really simple for you. Uh, it could be the equivalent of uh, pizza night on a Friday night, and yet that will deliver aid to someone uh, and really make that long-term difference. Yeah, Simon, I'm wondering if you could describe to our people again just how CAP works. How does it work with the local church and end up getting money in people's hands who need it? Absolutely, yes. So everything we do is delivered into local communities through the churches that partner with Christians against poverty. And then we run some of our poverty relieving services. We uh, do home visits, which is really powerful. And as you can imagine right now is um, a little bit, uh, difficult with COVID-19. So we've heard stories about some of our workers turning up to people's houses and uh, doing visits in driveways with uh, uh, windows down. So we're visiting people. Uh, and what we're doing is we're finding out their situation. 
looking at the needs they have and then delivering. We do professional credit counseling, we do housing counseling, we do student loan counseling. We've got all these really professional things that because of your listeners and our other supporters, we deliver completely free of charge. And it's and it's that insight, it's that personal care. We don't just care about the the um, situate, you know, the, what the thing is, we care about the person, it, it's what's going on in your life, what are your needs, and that's where we identify uh, some of those other needs in their lives. So that's kind of how we're working. It's hmm. there's a lot, there's a lot to it, it takes a lot to do. Uh, but that's the exciting thing about Christians Against Poverty. And, and could you take just a, a minute or so and talk to people a little bit about what, what are people's realities in the midst of like the COVID crisis? Because for some people, it's their lived reality, but for others, they maybe feel sheltered from it or it's not affecting their day-to-day or their business or their family. Can you just describe a little bit some of the impact that COVID has had? Yeah, I think that's really um, insightful um, thing to talk about. I think when, when COVID first hit, I think there was a little bit of a thing that went around which said, that it's the great equalizer. It affects everyone the same. And, and we've quickly realized, haven't we, that uh, exactly as you said, this is not the great equalizer. It's hit the low income more than anyone else. So what you want to remember is that people going into this crisis, if you're on a low income, you are already in trouble. I think the Federal Reserve did a study which says that over uh, nearly one third of Americans could not afford a $400 emergency and 12 percent have nothing saved at all so can you imagine what the impact of covid has been on that segment of society a 400 dollars shot this is not a 400 dollars shot this is people that can't afford to pay rent now for three months in a row the stimulus has made no impact on that level of desperation and that's why they need and again cap is not just about the emergency aid we give is not just a food package or help you with your power the systems we bring into people's lives, that is the emergency aid just as much as all of the other things, which is why 888-444-9185, you delivering exactly what you can do. And maybe you think, actually, I can do more. We had one person last night that donated $1,000 because they wow. realized the impact of this thing. And they said, I want to put something into that, that kind of emergency aid. I want someone who's on the brink. I want to wow. be a rescue boat. Uh, so that's what we're asking your listeners to join in with. That other voice here is Simon Wills. He's the executive director of Christians Against Poverty. He's going to stay with us. Just a reminder, your gifts are vital. Go, go ahead and call 888-444-9185, or you can go online to CAP. That's C-A-P, CAP1160.com. Simon's going to come back with us next segment here on The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Ian Simpkins, my name is Brian Fromm. Uh, we are glad to be joined for much of the show today by Simon Wills. He's the Executive Director of Christians Against Poverty, otherwise known as CAP, which is doing great uh, work in the Chicagoland area, uh, helping people facing debt uh, get out of their debt and back on their feet. And Simon, uh You've been talking about this, but many people right now, especially in our time of COVID, are facing eviction. Uh, tell us what that's like for families. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So the impact of COVID-19, as you can imagine, lots of people losing their job or having their hours cut, which affects their ability to put food on the table, to pay rent. And um, yes, yeah, some of the moratoriums are coming up now on 
stopping people doing those evictions. I mean, I read just at lunchtime today, uh, this was in California, I think it was on ABC News, about a single mom who had twins six months ago and she was just made homeless uh, and been living in a car. Um, and I know, guys, by the way, that, that that's got to be going on in yeah. Chicago, Chicagoland area. That, that's got to be, it's going to, and if it's not happening now, it's just going to become that tidal wave of need. So those are the kind of things that are happening. Um, and, and that's causing all the pressures. People are seeing it coming up and they're saying, right, I've got to, I've got to cut back on food now. I've got to cut back on those needs. Um, and, you know, so that, that's those people. I want you to kind of imagine then if you're a parent, uh, maybe you're a parent of older children and you're really thinking, well, what, what am I going to do for my kids? Um, you know, as a parent that your fundamental job and your greatest desire in life for your kids at a base level is roof over their head safe, fed, and happy. Uh, and we've had lots of stories from um, our, our center workers that are based in local churches, dealt with lots and lots of families over the uh, many years we've been in existence. And we've heard the stories and what, what parents do for their children right. is when they're old enough to kind of understand what's going on, they say things like, hey, guys, we're, we're leaving the house today. We're going on a, a special holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't mean they're going on a special holiday. What they mean is they're going to the motel down the road or to a shelter or a friend's house while they kind of couch surf. So these are desperate circumstances. Uh, and we know again, so here's another example. Um, we, we have one of the radio ads. It talked about um, an elderly person whose children are out of state um, and now falling behind on rent and, and all of that and facing eviction. And we actually got an email through from one of your audience uh, saying simply this, that she said, I am one of those seniors. I mm. need that help. So it's actually your audience is identifying with this particular need. So what does Christians Against Poverty do? And again, as I was saying, this is actually, we are an emergency relief service. It's not just about the, can we put that food on the table or can we get you some gas in your tank of your car so you can get to work? Mm. Part of our emergency aid is we step into those situations. We speak up for those who can't speak up for themselves. That Proverbs 31, 8 and 9 and then we do our, we've got housing counseling, we've got these professionally trained people, we can talk to landlords, we can do mortgage companies, uh, we can talk to creditors if it's credit issues, and then we've got the church family that surrounds these people, that mm. these are the desperate things that are happening due to COVID-19, and it costs us to deliver that. These people cannot afford to pay it. If you're about to be evicted, you cannot afford to pay for professional services. But you know what? The Church of Jesus Christ and your listeners, you're saying we want to pay for that service so we can be that rescue mission. That's why we're saying cap1160.com, cap1160.com. Or if you want to call us and talk to us, you might even get me later if you call uh, 888-444-9185. And we're asking for those gifts of, you know, if you can give $40 a month, uh, $30 a month. Some people are saying we don't want to just do this one time. We recognize this need is going to go on and on and on. Hmm. And we want to put you on a monthly basis to actually make the difference in people's lives. And Simon, as you know, Brian and I are both pastors and a, a big part of our role is to cast vision for people to to get involved, right? You know, to, to get off the fence, which is no easy task. And I, you know, I've been a pastor for 17 years now. I, I definitely recognize that that can be a challenge. What, what would you say to a person who's hearing what you're saying and they recognize the need, but they're, they're still on the fence. They haven't picked up the phone or gone to the website. They're, they're, I don't know what questions they're maybe grappling with. 
What do you say to someone who's on the fence about getting involved? Yeah, I, I, I would simply say just think back over what I've said already. This is not a fence issue. People's lives are at stake right now. We, alongside the COVID pandemic and epidemic, people are saying there's going to be a, a suicide epidemic as well because of the pressures on people's lives. This is a desperate situation. And I've got this to say to you as well. You can't really go wrong. And I believe this. No one's going to go to heaven and God says, you know what? You did too much to help those in need. I think for <laughs> most of us, I think for most of us, we're going to have some regrets and some sadness that we didn't do enough. And yet the grace of God will be all over us. And I often look to Proverbs 19, 17 as well. And it just says this, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. And I know, by the way, there's lots of theology around giving and I'm not trying to say anything controversial, but that proverb just says it. He will reward you for what you've done when you lend, when you're kind to the poor. And I'm believing that there's some listeners today that are going to unlock some of those rewards. And I don't know what it's going to be. It might not be exactly what you want. It could be a family breakthrough, an encouragement for you, a relationship help. But that's what we're doing. God is longing for his people to be kind to the poor. And that's why I'm saying get off the fence. It's a life and death issue for people. And there's a reward and blessing in it for you that it says in Proverbs 19, 17, get out your word and read it. And that's why that phone number, 888-444-9185 or CAP1160.com, CAP1160.com, and just unleash some of that into your life because we i know i need it and um yeah and the people out there desperately need that help too now simon unfortunately a lot of us have heard stories of nonprofits and of charities in which you know the money doesn't it goes mostly to administrative costs right it ends up not getting to the people uh talk to our people about how they could be assured that if they were to donate that the money's going to get to people in need absolutely yeah I i was thinking about this as well but um a thing that a lot of organizations do as well is it might not be that they're spending it on admin costs, but they're building up like big reserves and things like that. And right from day one, uh, our organization was founded with this philosophy. We don't want massive reserves. We don't want to be spending it on administration costs. We want to be sending that money straight back out of the door to places that are in need because we recognize that if we're building that that up in our accounts, if we're just keeping it, if we're uh, doing that, that actually there's desperate people out there. And we are a faith-based organization. Our faith is this. If we spend the money that we've got on poverty relief and sharing the gospel and meeting these emergency needs, we believe that God will bring it straight back into our bank account. By the way, sometimes it feels like it's slightly delayed, but I can (laughs) tell you over 17 years of working for this organization that every time we spend our last dollar on helping the poor, God then provides for our next need. So that's something that you can know about Christians Against Poverty is our philosophy is get that money out of our bank accounts. It's not meant to be sat there. It's meant to be making a difference in people's lives. And I was thinking, just as we don't kind of keep those huge reserves, people right now that we're helping do not have huge reserves and they need something extra. They need extraordinary giving and it's an extraordinary time. And you know what extra means? It means on top of your normal stuff. And I'm thinking some people out there are really being called some extra giving on what they're doing. That other voice you hear is Simon Wills. He is the executive director of Christians Against Poverty. 
Uh, we are excited to be joined by him today as we look to help them raise some money to, to help people, help people in debt, especially in this time of COVID-19. And if you want to make a gift, you can do so by calling 888-444-9185. That's 888-444-9185. Or go online to cap1160.com. That's C-A-P, cap 1160 Com. Simon Wills from uh, Christians Against Poverty is going to remain with us here on The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Ian Simpkins, my name is Brian Fromm. Glad to have you joining us today on yet another beautiful day here in the Chicagoland area. And we're excited to continue to be joined uh, by the Executive Director of Christians Against Poverty, Simon Wills. And uh, we've been talking about their organization, uh, the need out there, especially in the midst of COVID-19 pandemic and the opportunity, quite frankly, uh, for many of us uh, to help through Christians Against Poverty, to help people get out of debt and get back on their feet. And Simon, uh, we really do appreciate that that you're a faith-based organization. You work with churches. I'm just curious, are there some key Bible verses for you that kind of spur what you do with CAP? Yeah, I was thinking there's probably two sides to kind of the theology. And uh, and by the way, so again, th- this campaign we're doing today is we are piling up. We've piled up already through your audience uh, gifts of $40, $80, $120 to deliver that emergency aid. Uh, quite often that is when we go into a home, they'll have no food in the cupboard. Uh, they'll be struggling to buy school uniforms for their kids for the coming school year. They can't afford that kind of outlay. Uh, or they can't get to work because they can't afford their travel pass or all of those kind of things. So that's the kind of thing we're doing. And then we're doing the long-term support, professional poverty relief, sharing the gospel. Uh, So that for me just kind of fits with so much of scripture. Obviously, it's a bit more modern than it would have been in the Bible. You wouldn't have been uh, maybe buying someone's travel pass or helping them earn their salary so they can do all of that stuff. But uh, I often think of the classic one in Matthew 25, where it says, the king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And what I love about it is not just saying do it for them. It's not just the people that need the help, these desperate families and our neighbours here in Chicagoland. It's actually saying you're really doing it for me as Mm. Jesus puts himself in their place, which is what he did when he stepped out of heaven and his palace in heaven. And he said, I want to humble myself and, and experience what it's like here on earth. So I love that connection. It connects me with the mission. It connects my giving with the mission. It connects me with mm. Jesus. That's why we're doing it. Um, so I always I always feel like we carry that as an organization. And you could look at Luke 4, Isaiah 58, all of those verses, and you can match up what we're doing and how we're helping families in, in the Chicagoland area. But the other thing I think that CAT carries as a theology really is also around the 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 fact we we call the teaching good to give it's good to give it's good to be generous uh, and i i sometimes think you know what i'd love to just spend my entire week just ministering to those people in need working with our frontline workers helping families and i often spend my time as executive director and after 17 years of doing this talking to people about supporting this work and actually i i'm just now as passionate about this because i know that not only are we doing a good thing by helping people in need, but actually by releasing generosity in you and your audience, we're actually doing God's work there just as much as in the other stuff. Uh, And not only does God love giving, but he loves giving 
to the poor. Let me give you just one verse and then maybe you guys can kind of dive in. But Hebrews 13, 16, it says, do not neglect to do good and share what mm-hmm. you have. Mm-hmm. Such sacrificing, uh, sacrifices are pleasing to God. And, and really that's what we're doing today. It's not just about how your gift's going to make a difference and it really will. It's also about what that releases in you and and what God has in his purposes. So that's just some of the theology we kind of carry in. Uh, Yeah. I think the passage, honestly, that's always most resonated with me is in uh, 1 Timothy 6, which I haven't haven't seen a lot of these like needle stitched on pillows or put on mugs, but it's, it's Paul writing to his apprentice. And he says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or put their hope in wealth, which can be so uncertain. And I think a lot of us are experiencing that right now. He says, but put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And then he goes on, he says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. And then this is the verse that like always just shakes me. He says, in this way, they'll lay up a treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. I've always loved that phrase. He's like, teach them to be generous so that they can actually take hold of the life that is truly life. Like we, you know, sometimes buy into the lie that like, having and hoarding is the life that really is truly living and it's and it's not and i think that you know you've experienced that i'd i'd love to know even personally from you simon how has giving enriched your life specifically totally i mean that that verse you just quoted by the way i had written down as one that i thought i could share and hmm. i love the fact that yeah it says don't just give in certain times it says give in uncertain times like what what a time to give it's like don't rely on it let's get right. this to people that need it uh, and I think that's been my kind of story of giving so by the way I'm not standing here as any kind of giant of generosity and uh, amazing you know I, I'm just a human being which of course you two know after knowing me a little bit uh, and I'll be really honest with you I started out my life I grew up in a poor home uh, I know what it is to have very little I left school I had student loans like many people I, I didn't have this massive injection of cash from family they couldn't afford to do it so I'll be honest my starting point when I started my first job was that I need every every cent that I earn I'm I need it I'm struggling more than anyone else and and then part of my journey of working with Christians against poverty and 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 that being part of my job I've kind of discovered man it doesn't matter what I have it Mm. just matters that I'm giving and actually, I believe that as I've started to do that, give to my church properly, give mm. on top of that. It says give on top of your tithes and offerings. It, it, it's about being generous. Uh, I believe that I would not have had the adventure and journey I've had if I'd have not have given. And I can't stand before you today and say, I have this massive bank account. I'm a millionaire. I'm still believing that next year. But I can tell you that my life has been blessed as I've seen the impact that my giving has had on people's lives. And I've seen what that's like. And that's what we want to share with you this morning. The need here in Chicagoland across the U.S. is huge. And there's a lot of our audience, a lot of our listeners that are blessed by God. And he's just asking you to do those verses that we, we already read. And it says, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. Don't neglect this thing. It's something that's really easy to neglect in our life. But I'm telling you, if you don't neglect this task today, which you're getting on that website, tap1160.com or picking up the phone, 888 And it could be your gift of $120 that's given to Christians Against Poverty today and then delivered into a family's life. And I'm telling you, that will enrich your life just as it's enriched my life. And yet for that family, 
it will stop them worrying about how they're going to feed their kids this week. And then the program we do alongside that is going to relieve their poverty into the long term. Yes, Simon, with like the last minute we have in this hour, we're glad you're going to be with us next hour as well. We're talking about emergency aid here. Could you just give our people just an idea of what you mean by emergency aid? Yeah, exactly. So that that's what we're giving to. Uh, one example would be Ralph. This guy was 67 years old. And again, I think of the people that age, you should be retired, you should be happy. And yet he, he was hit by this massive unexpected electricity bill that he couldn't afford and he spiraled out of control. So when we got there and visited in his home, we found he had no food, a very typical story. Uh, and so we went and we just filled his cupboard. We actually took him to the supermarket, let him pick out some things. And I just want to say, so this guy was not a man of faith. And he said this, he says, I could not believe that anyone would actually do that for me. And he said, I am a man that believed I am rotten to the core and not worth a thing. And it was because they did that, I began to believe there were human people on the planet and i started to think that maybe there's a god after all he actually became a christian and what your gift does it does not just open up someone's life and relieve poverty it opens up their eyes to the fact there's a god who loves them and they may just end up in church and their eternal Mm. destiny may just change as well Well, that's what we're doing today. We're partnering with Christians Against Poverty. That's CAP. Uh, And if you want to make a gift, and your gift is vital right now, you can do so two ways. One, you could call 888-444-9185. That's 888-444-9185. Or go online to CAP. That's C-A-P, CAP1160.com. Again, that's cap1160.com. Go to either of those places and you can help make a difference by providing emergency aid and long-term help for people in debt and in need. Well, Simon Wells, uh, the executive director of Christians Against Poverty is going to stay with us for our second hour here on The Coming Good, AM 1160. Coming up this hour, do Christians have to choose between compassion and conviction, and then we'll be joined again by Simon Wills from Christians Against Poverty. You're listening to The Common Good. Welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Ian Simpkins, my name is Brian Fromm. Thanks for joining us on yet another beautiful day. Uh, We hope that you are doing well today. Uh, As a reminder, you can find us on Facebook at the Common Good Radio Show. That's the Common Good Radio Show. Online, 1160hope.com. You can get our podcast wherever it is you get your podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. And uh, Ian and I are going to take some time to talk. We're going to talk politics here for a couple minutes, but then we will be joined again uh, by the Executive Director of Christians Against Poverty as we continue to look to help them raise money uh, in order to provide emergency aid and long-term help to the many people in the Chicagoland area uh, who are struggling through COVID-19 and uh, really some financial insecurities. And so we're excited to be joined by Simon Wills. He'll join us again here in a little bit. But Ian, I was reading this article at Relevant Magazine uh, that I found really interesting because we're, we're heading towards the election now. Uh, the, the Democratic vice presidential candidate has been chosen. The, con- the conventions are happening virtually over here in the next couple of weeks. Before we know it, it's going to be election day. Uh, and many Christ followers are trying to figure out, I don't know what to do right now. Like it, it just, I'm, I'm really wrestling. And so this article felt 
no pun intended, particularly relevant from Relevant Magazine, uh, says this, in politics, do Christians have to choose between compassion and conviction? Why don't you tell us what's going on in this article and then we'll discuss it. Yeah, it sort of has here. This isn't a uh, a proper subheading, but it begins by asking these questions. Do you advocate social justice or family values? Do you support women or are you against abortion? Do you love the poor or do you believe in personal responsibility? It says don't answer those questions, or at least not in the way they're asked. They are based on a false premise and thus create a false dilemma for Christians. This is what happens when we allow the world to frame the questions and the issues for us. We end up choosing one of two wrong answers or reject one of the two right answers and losing control of our public witness in the process. Part of getting the correct answer is about framing the issues correctly. When Christians Mm -hmm. enter the political arena, we often feel like we're forced to choose between two very flawed options that compromise our beliefs. This is because the U.S. political system is dangerously polarized, I would add, amen, and both (laughs) sides frame the issue to fit incomplete or dishonest narratives. As you can see, when the issue isn't framed properly, there often isn't a correct answer. America's current political system separates love from truth, compassion from conviction, and social justice from moral order as if they're somehow at odds with one another. People who Hmm. support social justice issues generally don't support traditional views of morality and vice versa. But there's no clear reason why those two stances should be separate. It's just presented to us the only way – it's only presented to us that way, and we accept that most people aren't aware that a viable alternative exists. And I would maybe add multiple viable alternatives. Here's how these competing narratives usually play out. Those on the right side of the political spectrum say they stand for individual freedom, patriotism, and moral order. And on the left – Uh, on the other hand, claims to stand for justice, equality, and inclusion. Conservatives say progressives are immoral because of their positions on abortion, religious liberty, and the like. Progressives say conservatives are bigoted and lack compassion when it comes to poverty, race, and gender. Both sides have become less tolerant of differing viewpoints and often stamp out candidates and advocates who hold a more nuanced or moderate perspective. Many Christians are conflicted because they believe in freedom, moral order, justice, equality, and inclusion. We want to protect the unborn and treat the poor and racial minorities with love and compassion. We also see merit in the criticism of each side. Yet, because of how these issues are presented, Christians are told to either surrender their biblical convictions or neglect their Christ-like compassion. I'll stop there and say there's a bunch of like parentheticals I would probably even add. I don't think it's just simply how the issues are presented. I think it's way more complex and embedded than that. I think part of our public consciousness is sort of forced into these binary categories. I don't think that we're just simply so passive that like, well, this is the only way it's presented to us. I think it's actually far more ingrained than that, but this is a short piece and I'm sure there wasn't enough space to get into it. What what do you think about what I've written so far? Uh, I think it is, it is uh, really kind of spot on to what a lot of us feel like we're facing, right? Like I read a tweet the other day in which the person had this long tweet thread about feeling it was a kind of a Christian leader and author talking about being a political nomad right now, feeling like he he didn't want to turn to either side. And uh, I think that's where a lot of us are wrestling. And and I hadn't really thought about it in these terms that they put here that, you know, you're either this or this, right? You're either are like, so you're not like you're either standing up for social justice or you're standing up for order or you're standing and you're, 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 uh, you're a feminist or you're uh, protecting the unborn. And and that these binaries that we often get pounded into our head over and over again, uh, leave us going, but I, I want a little bit of both of these. And uh, the hard part is, what do you do with that when you have to choose in an election? 
Uh, but I do appreciate them here going, no, we, we can stand for love and for truth, compassion and conviction, and be more nuanced about it. I think this is an absolutely necessary thing for Christians, not just to talk about, uh, but to wrestle with and, and begin understanding a little bit more. I like how uh, it continues. Christians can choose a, pol- a political party, but we can't choose between love and truth. We can't fully embrace movements that dismiss justice or undermine moral order. Fannie Lou. Uh, Hamer and Dorothy Day didn't buy into these distorted categories. If you've not read any Dorothy Day, by the way, I would highly mm-hmm. recommend it. Their civic engagement spoke to the importance of both social justice and moral order, and they were confident enough to do so without apology. Christians must be critical thinkers and question the assumptions and conclusions presented to us. We shouldn't simply accept the issues as they've been framed by political parties, ideological tribes, or the media, because these sources usually aren't analyzing the issues from the standard of the gospel. Again, I would add... Amen. Instead, these groups often frame the issue in a way that leads us to the conclusions they desire. But Christians must make sure biblical doctrine is the framework from which we base our answers to political and cultural questions. The asterisk problem that I would add to that is that we don't all necessarily agree on what biblical doctrine requires of us, which is part of why preaching, teaching, scholarly work, hermeneutics, exegesis. That's why these things are so important, because in an article like this, it can it can often be easy to simply say, you can almost be guilty of doing the same thing in an article like this. Well, then just do what the Bible says. Mm. Well, that's part of the problem. I mean, it's I, I tweeted something a little snarky a few months ago. It said, uh, the, the Bible is clear, or the Bible clearly says 33,000 worldwide denominations can't all be wrong. Like, <laughs> as being a little sneaky, but yeah, that's part of the issue, though. Is like, yeah, we definitely disagree on what it requires of us in certain facets, and I think that's part of why I really appreciate it. Even this show, you know, to provide a space for us to yeah. kind of get into the weeds a little bit. Yeah, and I, you, the one that you said amen to, that was the line that I just had underlined. We shouldn't simply accept the issues as they've been framed by political parties, tribes, or the media because these sources aren't analyzing it from the same way, it, but yet. That takes work, you know, and that's part of the problem here that uh, we talked about it yesterday. You know, one side of the aisle just kind of takes in what Fox News says, the other maybe what MSNBC says and, and and not filtering and thinking critically and going, no, no, what is what does Jesus have to say to this? And, and let's work this out as Christ followers. I think, man, this is really good. It does come back to the like, what do you do with this? How do you do when you're literally in the uh, <laughs> in the voting booth? Uh, and so it ends this way. These instructions have relevance for our lives today, including how to think about politics. Christians ought to evaluate all political issues through the love and truth of the gospel. This is a both and proposition, not either or. The world separates the two, but the gospel transcends the false divide and shows what we must shows that we must value both. This was taken from Compassion and Conviction by Justin Gaboni, Michael Ware, and Chris Butler. If you want to read more, that's called Compassion and Conviction. So we're going to put this article from Relevant Magazine uh, up at our Facebook page. We'd love to know uh, what you have to say. We're going to be joined next and for the rest of the show uh, by Simon Wills, the Executive Director for Christians Against Poverty, coming up next here on The Common Good, AM 1160. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Ian Simpkins, my name is Brian Fromm. Thanks for joining us today. As a reminder, Find everything we've been talking about at Facebook. That's the Common Good Radio Show. Lots of lively discussion going on there. Also, our podcast. You can find our podcast wherever it is you get your podcast. Go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. That really does help us, and we're grateful for those of you who do that. We're also grateful 
to have been joined uh, for most of yesterday's show and so far most of today's show by Simon Wills. He is the executive director of Christians Against Poverty. That's CAP. And uh, Simon's going to stay with us again for the rest of the hour. And so, Simon, again, thanks for joining us. And again, uh, for those who weren't listening in the first hour, could you remind us a little bit about not just about what CAP does, but about this specific campaign that we are in the middle of? Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, Christians Against Poverty uh, has been around now. We've got, I calculated it recently, 57 years of combined experience around the world in all the countries we're in, in relieving poverty. And we're experts at working with local churches to do effective poverty relief, really get into people's lives and not just do a Band-Aid solution, uh, but then actually do something that lifts them out of poverty uh, and we also have a real passion for Jesus. If you can't tell by our name, Christians Against Poverty, loud and proud. Uh, so we always share the gospel with every family that we visit. We offer to pray. Uh, we invite them to church. We invite them to evangelistic courses, whatever's going on. Uh, and that's why we've seen, I think, over the life of our organization, about 11,000 responses to Jesus. Uh, and that that number is kind of snowballing as we become bigger and bigger as an organization. So that's a little bit of who we are. But as you say, we're here for a specific campaign today. Uh, and I just do have that sense of urgency as we come to this kind of last uh, few moments together. Your audience has made a huge impact already on this emergency drive that we've got. We want to build our capacity to see as many families as possible. And then we're doing two things. We always meet those emergency needs. What are the desperate circumstances they've got into? And then we put together a program of long-term support to see them become debt-free, see them back on their on their feet. And just a couple of examples of kind of how this emergency aid will work into families' lives. Uh, and these are just some of the things we've come across. We, we once visited um, a beautiful family uh, and we found, and again, because we're in homes where we can do it, we do it safely with COVID-19, all of that kind of thing. And we found that they were sleeping and, and because they, they didn't have beds. So I'm, I'm trying to convey this to you. They were they were sleeping on garbage bags uh, wow. that were filled with clothes, clothes to, to kind of make it into kind of something like a mattress. So we just looked at that and went, oh my gosh, how are people living like that in this day and age and the pressure of debt and credits and by the way because of what we're going through now this is only going to get worse and worse and these stories more common so we went out and as our little bit of emergency aid there we bought them beds can you imagine their faces when we said that we were doing that the reason we can do that is because of our generous supporters and they're doing simple things literally what they can do some people are donating a, a gift of 120 dollars. that's kind of what we average out as a, a gift of an emergency aid for a family other people are saying we want to do five families we want to do three families and other people are saying hey i can give on a monthly basis 30 dollars a month $100 a month, that's been quite a common gift. Uh, and they are going online to cap1160.com, putting in their details, one of the easiest things you can do today, and yet the impact that you're having eternally, as well as in the immediate, in this vast sea of need that we've got, you are connecting with people. And the best thing, it's in the Chicagoland area, you're doing it for your neighbors. This is here in America. Despite my accent being English, we're helping <laughs> families here in the Chicagoland area. I can never tell with my accent. Does it make me sound intelligent? Or maybe it does. <laughs> Most no, certainly. <laughs> no idea what I'm saying. But the thing is, even if you don't understand what I'm saying, <laughs> if you give, it's probably going to be good. And I can guarantee it's good. 
Yeah, again, that number is 888-444-9185, 888-444-9185, or even easier, cap1160.com, that's C-A-P, and then the number 1160.com. 40 bucks, a one-time gift, helps a person, 120 helps a family. Maybe you can do way more. Maybe you want to set up some kind of payment plan. There's all sorts of different options. And Simon, just a, a couple of minutes ago, you used the phrase of snowballing. It Cap does honestly seem like it's been growing a lot lately. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, let's start first with the fact that the need is huge. I mean, my gosh, right. here in the US, we, we are here to help families in financial crisis, those immediate needs, and then and then give them long-term solutions. And then you look, and, it, and, and I think in February of this year, um, it was something like $4.2 trillion worth of debt that was maybe added to in one month, something like that. $1.1 trillion is owed on credit cards alone. Uh, 59% of American credit card holders in trouble. Lines of credit were absolutely maxed out before going into the um, COVID pandemic. And by the way, when we talk about debt, there's always a question, and it's okay in people's minds, where they're saying, well, should they have borrowed? Why have they got into debt? And all of that kind of thing. By the way, a lot of Americans have debt. It's a very normal thing. Uh, quite often manageable. But what is happening uh, pre-COVID to a lot of families is just one life event. It could be a relationship breakdown. It could be a sickness or it could be an unexpected job loss. And it sends people spiraling out of control. And now you can imagine that all of those factors are like times 100 now, job loss, relationship breakdown, stress. So the need for families that are in financial crisis who can't just rely on the reserves, can't cut back on their budget. They need professional counseling and help. They need the love of Jesus. They need mercy. They need community. So the need in the US is huge. So therefore, it's no surprise that CAP here in the US is growing uh, exponentially. So again, just to give you a bit of an idea, when we started out in the UK, I think it was in 1996, we started with just one church, one person doing it. Uh, and nearly nearly 25 years, we're going to uh, celebrate our nearly a quarter of a century uh, in the UK next year. Uh, and we are now um, in over 500 churches, we cover 90% of UK zip codes. So we are offering, we are a nationwide solution. Uh, and we've been over here a, a year and a half. Uh, American board, our chair of the board, you'll hear from in the next segment is a guy called Kevin Palau, the son of Luis Palau. Um, and we started out again, and we already have, I think as of next week, uh, 17 churches partnering with us. Uh, and not just here in Chicago, I think one of your listeners, by the way, uh, over the last couple of weeks from Col- Colorado was listening in to this show online. This show goes much further than people think. Mm-hmm. And she says, I want to do CAP now. I want to do it in Colorado. I want my church pastor involved in this thing. Uh, so that it's growing, it's snowballing because people recognize a few things about CAP that they love. They love the fact that it's local church based. They love the fact that it's unashamedly Christian. We're sharing the gospel with people and they love the effective poverty relief. They recognize that when we get involved in a family's life, we are really changing that life, both on an immediate level and a long term. I mean, just one example. Um, again, this is around emergency aid, which is what we're building up this pot through your listeners for. We're building up a part of emergency aid that we distribute to desperate people. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one example, we went round to uh, an individual's house uh, and in this situation, they didn't have a cooker. So the, the cooker the, uh, had broken 
I'm hoping I'm using that term right. Is it an oven over here? You tell mm-hmm. yeah. me okay, I'm getting it right. Uh, so they'd literally not been eating pro- properly and they were too stone underway of where they should be. So they were literally slowly starving to death. And we went straight in and said, right, we will source. We will do that as part of our emergency aid. Then we got on with all their creditors. We've got a plan to get them uh, out of that situation. And they are living so well right now. But man, can you imagine the fact that you would be in that situation? So that is why CAP is growing, because we've got a real solution. uh, And yet the need is huge. And the need for your listeners to participate in this thing and trust this thing is really huge. And friends, that's why your gift is vital today. Uh, And to make that gift, you can call 888-444-9185. That's 888-444-9185. Or go online to, excuse me, cap1160.com. That's C-A-P, cap1160.com. Simon Wills, uh, Executive Director of Christians Against Poverty, is going to remain with us for the rest of the hour. We're excited for that here on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Good AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Ian Simpkins, my name is Brian Fromm. We are excited to continue to be joined by Simon Wills, the Executive Director of Christians Against Poverty. And Simon, as we've been talking, uh, for those uh, who might just be tuning in now or are curious, talk to us a little bit about the vision uh, behind CAP. That's it. Yeah, that's awesome. Just again, as a quick update as we're piling up these gifts from the um, common good audience and uh, we are just so blessed by your listeners we had a couple from Cedar Lake they gave a um, hundred dollars a month through the campaign we've got Louise nice. in Oak Park doing $80 one-time gifts so we've just been really blessed by people this is local people helping local people uh, and really the vision for this thing uh, is to partner with churches across this nation uh, to impact communities and reach people that are struggling in financial crisis. We particularly do that through our debt help centers. Uh, and we also do some really different um, money education, really simple stuff that's very different from anything else here in the US. Uh, and also we're very passionate, as I've said already, about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, loud and proud Christians against poverty, uh, which really has affected a lot of our funding because a lot of secular people don't like the fact that we're all about Jesus. Uh, but that's just driven us uh, closer to our Christian supporters. But um, one of the really exciting things about CAP here in America is our chair of the board is an amazing um, evangelist, gifted leader in his own right called Kevin Palau, who is the son of Luis Palau, the famed uh, evangelist, uh, the Billy Graham of uh, South America, as he's called, and a contemporary of Billy Graham. Uh, And Kevin really kind of fell in love with uh, Cap through his international travels and said, I want to be a part of launching this, giving it authority. I want to put my all into it. Uh, And I just thought it'd be really good to hear him really talk about what it is that Christians Against Poverty does uh, and the impact that he's believing we're going to have and already seeing here in the U.S., So Christians Against Poverty is really helping local churches, local congregations in their neighborhoods be the hands and feet of Jesus. And in this case, all of us know people that are struggling with debt. Mm. Some of of the listeners, I'm sure, are saying, that's me. If we can see them (laughs) raising their hand and waving, it's like, I'm in trouble. My marriage is in trouble. I I don't feel I can support my kids. Uh, My life is consumed with fear and anxiety because Mm -hmm. I am in debt. I don't know how I'm going to make it. There are tens and hundreds of thousands of people in any major city, certainly in the Chicagoland area, that struggle with debt. 
And so to have an organization like Christians Against Poverty that's helping every local church possible discover how they can be the direct answer to those prayers. Mm. And basically what, what CAP does is is develop churches into debt centers that don't just come alongside and kind of pat someone on the back and say, hey, God bless you, you should have a budget, or just kind of talk at them. Right. It's basically going into people's homes and holding their hand and walking them through an entire journey of getting out of, out of debt mm. and actually ask acting as a... a, a, a credit counseling and directly engaging on behalf of the person with their creditors. Mm. So in some cases that that's what takes it to me way beyond, Hey, here's a workbook. I'll help you do a budget. Mm. Hey, that's a good step. Yeah. But when you can have someone that's saying like, you will actually on my behalf deal with my creditors and you're doing this absolutely for free. And it's the local church that's doing it. Wow. So the the way that, that the gospel comes in is you're talking about, Individual people that will will kind of hear on the radio or hear in some way an ad that that makes it clear like this is a totally free service, yeah. going to help you get out of debt, and they and then they realize someone from this local church is coming to visit me in my home, discovering what my situation is, and then advocating on my behalf. That's great. That's a powerful uh, position for the church to be in, and it leads to gospel conversations because there's an intentionality about yeah. that. It's not just. Well, you know, maybe randomly the gospel might come up. The whole point of CAP is we want your church to be a beacon of hope for your community. We want people that are struggling to not even just say, like, I can come get a bag of groceries. Yeah. I, you know, we, we're, in a sense, it's like teaching a person how to fish. It's like we're going to get you out of debt. It may mm. take a year or two, but we are going to work with you, and your life is going to change. And so to be at CAP's offices in Bradford in the U.K., a very challenging place— and to go in and see hundreds of staff. This is a big operation in the UK with a lot of credibility. And and every day there are people, there's this there's this whole little visual of people's names going up on this kind of big board that, mm-hmm. that their life has changed because they've gotten one hundred percent out of debt. Wow. So that it's a powerful, you know, even a biblical kind of analogy of like your debts being forgiven. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's something biblical about the freedom of and I think uh, for the local church, a way to be a very, very clear beacon of hope, helping people get out of debt, their lives are going to change, and coupling that with the gospel, yeah. as you can see, I'm sold. That's awesome. So you you hear that, uh, Kevin speaking really passionately about Christians Against Poverty uh, and the impact that we've got. And, and just to, to reiterate, that vision uh, we have an expansive vision. The The mission values that we carry are that we are to equip the local church to serve the poor, to see the lost saved. And we have this bit right at the end of our mission statement, which is across the nation, because we believe that our God is a big God. We're not here to do small things. And that's what our supporters love. We're here to see this spread across the nation. And you guys as our supporters are not just giving this to this campaign, but you're really getting in on the ground floor of this amazing mission. And I believe in five, 10 years time, you'll look back and go, I remember being part of the beginning of that Mm -hmm. standing with those guys. And again, that number is 888-444-9185. That's 888-444-9185. Or you can go to cap1160.com. That's cap1160.com. And 40 bucks helps a person. 120 helps a family. Maybe you can do way more. Maybe you set up a payment plan. Whatever amount you can give. I think this is such a worthy cause and such a timely cause. And Simon, a lot of people 
if they've been a part of the show for any length of time, they know Brian and I are pastors. So we're both particularly interested in Cap's commitment to partnering with churches, which is not always the case. Can you, can you talk to us a little bit more about what that looks like and why that's so important? Absolutely. Well, we believe, first of all, churches are a God's way of reaching the world. It's what, what he made as part of his mission. Uh, and we recognize as Cap that there's only so much we can do. But if we can equip and empower local churches, which are in every community across this nation, we can massively expand our reach. And we have that saying, you've heard me say it, the more you're around me, you'll hear, hear me say it so often, no church, no cap. We we believe that so passionately that if we just delivered this service without the power of local church, we would shut down. We're not here just to do good works. We're here to empower local churches to be that hope of the world, mobilizing churches into their communities. So that's what we're passionate about, and that's what givers love. So when they give $40, $120, it's not just going to a family. It's going via a local church. It's strengthening and supporting local churches, helping them reach people in their communities, helping them be the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, so then people often say, well, Simon, we're not just excited about giving. Here's the $120 gift, or we've just set up a $30 gift. But the next question they say to me, they say is, hey, we want our church being involved in this thing. Uh, so part of our uh, daily life is we're often sat down with pastors just like yourself. We just share the vision. Uh, we have um, partnership days where we will do um, online webinars as, uh, as it is right now in this era. Um, so the best thing to do is just get to capamerica.org slash partner. That's capamerica.org slash partner. Uh, and you can fill out your interest there. Pass it on to your pastor. Pass it on to the outreach pastor. Get talking about this thing. And you might just be able to say in a few years that you were part of one of the first ever churches that partnered with us. Uh, what will become, we believe, over 2,000 churches in America uh, that will cover this nation with poverty-relieving centers. Uh, but right now, we can't do it without that finance. We can't reach those people. We can't share the gospel. So it's 888 or cap1160.com. And Simon Wills, the executive director of Christians Against Poverty, is going to be with us for one more segment before the end of the show here. But uh, before we're done today, go to 888-444-9185 or go to cap1160.com and make your gift today as your gift is vital uh, right now. Well, you're listening to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Back to the Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Ian Simpkins, my name is Brian Fromm. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, and we're particularly excited to be joined today by Simon Wills. He's the Executive Director uh, for Christians Against Poverty, otherwise known as CAP. And we're helping them hopefully raise money today uh, to, to help people with emergency aid and long-term help for those who are in poverty and those who are in debt, especially during this time of COVID-19. So as a reminder, you can make a gift at 888-444-9185 or go to cap1160.com. That's cap1160.com. Simon, uh, you've been doing a great job helping us see the need out there. And obviously with such a huge need, people might be thinking, why doesn't the government just take care of all of this need? Uh, I partly want to say, yes, why don't they just take care of all the By the way, I've uh, come from the UK originally, you can tell by my accent, I am in awe of your politics sometimes and uh, definitely don't want to get 
uh, stuck in that. Um, I think <laughs> I think a couple of answers, so I don't get in trouble right at the end. Uh, I think I think the the truth is this: number one, it is quite slow moving. I mean, I read in the news this morning the Treasury Se- Secretary saying if they don't get a deal through uh, Congress soon. Uh, there won't be any more checks, stimulus or help for anyone for at least a couple of months because they just can't get it activated quick enough. They are just not quick enough to do that stuff. But even if they do, I always say these two things. Number one, it's not going to be enough for the scale of the need out there. I think that's one of the things you said. The scale of the need that is out there means that we need to pitch in and be part of this thing. And the second thing is, I just think there's something spiritual around what we carry as Christians and something really special, which says we actually are people that, you know, whatever we think about government, we actually look to God first. And God says we're meant to be part of this answer. So I'm saying that let's everyone do all that they can do. But the need is so huge uh, that we need to be uh, mobilizing local churches. And I tell you what government can't do. They can send a check, they can pass on some money, they can do a program. But what Christians Against Poverty carries is that working through the local church and it's got evangelism at its core. So when we're sat with someone, we're not just saying, here's a check for your rent. We're saying, how are you? Can we pray for you? Have you? What's your relationship to church like? The, the lady we saw from Oaklawn uh, just a couple of days ago, spent an hour with her talking about how church had been in the past, bringing her back into the church life. And that's what you don't get with government. And I want to see Jesus's people sharing Jesus and meeting the needs of the poor and needy. Simon, my guess is that somebody maybe is tuning in right now and they've only maybe caught pieces and they're like, wait, hold on. I don't, I'm hearing cap. I'm hearing Christians against poverty. I'm hearing Chicago. I'm hearing a British accent. What, what is, <laughs> what is actually going on? Could you just kind of give a, again, a brief summary on maybe some of the origins of cap and uh, what it is that you're really kind of aiming at accomplishing today and in Chicagoland going forward? Yeah, well, we've been, again, great confidence as an organization, been around for uh, nearly 25 years in the UK, amazing origin story of a guy that lost everything. uh, And a local church reached out, shared the gospel, did a loving action, did all of this kind of emergency need that we're talking about. And then out of that was born a movement of God that has, first of all, transformed the UK Uh, and then has gone on to be founded in Australia and New Zealand. I was part of leading the work in New Zealand for four years. Uh, We're in Canada, and we've now got this beachhead of a ministry here in the U.S. with this amazing vision that we talked about to cover this nation with these poverty-relieving centres. But one of the things we'd love to offer for the listeners, for everyone who donates, um, our founder has written an amazing testimony book called Nevertheless, uh, and really, it, it comes from our DNA as an organization that despite the challenges that come in trying to be a Christian organization, having lots of faith, we get up every day and say, nevertheless, we're here and we just continue to grow and grow. Uh, so for everyone who donates, we will send out a free copy of that book. And, and to be honest, that that'll do two things. It will tell you everything you need to know about this amazing organization. And at the same time, we'll build up your faith what a God can do when you put your trust in him and step out and help people that are in need. Uh, So I I just urge you to get involved with this amazing organization. Uh, And really, as good as the organization is, and and, and we always say this, uh, whatever accolades we get, however big we get, uh, all the glory, all the honor, all the praise goes to God, because really it's all about God 
And then really it's all about the lives that we're helping. And, and I think really the urgency of the last few minutes, we just want to focus in the bigness of this organization is all about how can we reach as many people as possible, share the gospel with as many people as possible. Uh, and for that, we need your life-saving dollars. We need those $40 gifts, $120 gift. Uh, really popular has been to sign up $30 a month, something all of us can afford uh, on a monthly basis. Uh, and that is going to power this mission for the next 5, 20 years and meet some emergency needs right now. So again, your gift is vital. As Simon said, right now, you can do it by making a call to 888-444-9185. That's 888-444-9185. Or go online to CAP, that's C-A-P, CAP1160.com. That's CAP1160.com. Do it now. Uh, and uh, we, we, are, we are excited for the many of our listeners who have already done that and are asking any of you out there who are kind of on the fence uh, to go ahead and go uh, make, make that call or get online. Uh, Simon, with a little under three minutes or so that we have left, we're really grateful for the amount of time you've given us the last two days. I just kind of want to give you the floor again for that person who's still on the fence, for that person who's still thinking, I don't know, or maybe for that person out there who might need the services of CAP. Uh, let me just give you the floor and let you close us up however it is that you would like to. That's it. Well, let me say thank you to your listeners. So many of you have joined in. So many of you have heard that cry. Uh, and I'm just always reminded a little bit of my job, which is that Proverbs 31, 8 and 9, where it says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. And it says, speak up and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and needy. And really, I just want to use these last two minutes probably now with you. And I just want to speak up on behalf of families that are here in the Chicagoland area that are in desperate need of you. And I am asking you to be defenders of the rights of the poor and needy. It's probably not the coolest term that we use anymore, the poor and needy, but God sees desperate families and he wants you to be the person that stands up on their behalf. He needs you to speak up and you can speak with the finances you've got and that's the thing that you can do. Uh, and what we're doing is we're helping give emergency aid to these families. They really are desperately waiting for you. And then we're putting together a long-term support delivered by the local church. This is, we go into homes and we find mums that are so struggling to feed their kids that what they do is they tell their children they've already eaten. So the kids eat on their own. And the reason is that the mum is not eating. By the way, it's mom in America. <laughs> I'll get it right. But the mom, they don't eat. And so they they put their kids first and we want to feed the whole family $120 will feed a family and then give them that long-term plan we went around another family who had no fridge because they couldn't afford to replace it and they were in winter storing milk outside to keep things cold can you imagine what that would be like in the Chicago summer so we bought them a fridge got them a long-term plan shared Jesus with them and, you know, that is what we're doing. And we are appealing, even if you can give $20, $30, whatever you can give, 888-444-9185 or cat1160.com. It's not someone else. It's you. That other voice you've been hearing is Simon Wills, the Executive Director for Christians Against Poverty. Simon, this has really been enjoyable. Thanks for taking all this time these last two days. We really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you, guys, and thank you to your listeners. You've made a huge impact on the kingdom. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, well, Ian and I will be back at it tomorrow from 4 until 6. 
Uh, Ian, actually, we're going to have Josh Moody on. So another English accent coming on for a little bit of the show tomorrow. I think uh, this helps us out. <laughs> I'll have my fish and chips ready. There you go. Join us from 4 to 6 tomorrow. For Ian Simpkins, my name is Brian Brown. You've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life.